Hello and welcome to Carl's Interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme of being truly inspiring and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm finally, I happen to add, joined by Mike Seaman. Mike is the CEO of Raccoon Events and actually the brains behind the National Running Show. Today we talk about all sorts of things from a very serious injury he's recently sustained, which is a broken little toe, through to how the idea for the National Running Show came about, the experiences of it and lots in between. Mike, I've got to say, obviously, now you're recovering from your injury. Oh, my God, the National Running Show. I went to one recently, as you're well aware, and um, I've just been looking to a bit more. It says there's 51,000 fellow runners being a part of this. What do you think of this? Is multiple award winning? Kind of tell us a little bit about where it all started and what next. I, I still sort of pinch myself every day because, I mean, I've always run events and that's that's always been my job. Um, yeah. And I like running and I just thought, well, wouldn't it be great if, if I could, my hobby was my job. And I kind of thought we had this uh, idea that would work, which was actually if you ran a, a show at the time when the runners want the show as opposed to, because the only exhibitions that really happen for running are attached to a marathon and they happen yes. the day before yeah. a race. And that just didn't seem to me like a good time to buy new stuff because um, yeah. obviously if you if, in a marathon or any race if you if you want to use stuff you want to train with it before you, of course you do. before you get to race day you don't want, you know you're speaking to a guy who on my first 50 mile ultra ate uh, a full bag of plums at 30 miles in so i know all about making all of the wrong mistakes um so i just thought it'd be a good idea to um have a show at the right time for runners so we we, we did it and we we've done three of them now so we yeah. ran the first one in 2018 uh, and we had twelve and a half thousand people show up, um, and it was just mega. And I remember the night before sitting in the hotel room because I'd quit my job. I had a good corporate job that was quite safe. Yeah. Um, I set up an office in the shed at the end of my garden, which is where I'm talking to you from now. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I just I just rolled the dice on it, um, and it was the night before I was, I was just panicking that no one was going to come. I'd like <laughs> all of the exhibitors were in there. Yeah. Had come because I told them that everyone was going to show up and actually I could see the pre-reg and I, I could see that loads of people were coming, but I was just really worried that everyone was going to hate me the next day and I was going to come <laughs> in and people were just going to go, you told us this is going to be amazing. It's rubbish. <laughs> uh, and then I get up in the morning, it's snowing, which if you're an event organizer, that takes 10% off your attendance overnight. Yeah. Uh, and I got, and I was just walking around. I was a mess. And uh, my wife was doing the photography for the show, and she just saw me go past, and she said, "Could you just go to the front for a minute?" And I, <laughs> I went to the front. I was thinking there was some kind of a problem, and I looked out, and there were three and a half thousand people in the queue at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, and I was just like, "Oh, it worked!" <laughs> it's like people people do think like I do. They do think there's a, an opportunity for something like this. So. It, I, I knew in, in my sort of my business head knew it would work. Right? Like all the metrics were right. But because I'm so because I love it. It's my hobby. And it's, you know, I'm, I like to think I'm part of the running community because I just I, I like running. I'm not very good at it, but I, I, I like it. Um, and I just 
I, I was so invested that I just, I couldn't detach from it. Um, but it was, it was wicked. I was so happy when it went well. And then, you know, now we've got a business with an office and people and it's just, yeah, it's great. But it's, I still sort of pinch myself that this is my job. I get to yeah. just like hang out with cool runners and like have fun. <laughs> it's like brilliant. I mean, uh, how can you say I think I'm part of the running community when not only are you a runner yourself and I've seen some of the events you've done and you've obviously taken Barcelona Ultras, even you've done the 24-hour events where um, you've tried to hit that 100 times. Was the last one you did, was it 90 miles in the 24 hours you managed? Oh, I've got this thing, right? I really want to do a 24-hour 100-miler because I don't know why. I've just decided that that's the thing that I, I think I can do. And I'm clearly not made for it because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little bit tubby um and I don't train very much and I love chocolate and I drink too much beer um so but I just determined that I can get this 24 hour 100 miler um yep. I the first time I tried it I I bailed out at 80 uh yep. the second time I did it I did 100 miles but it took me 28 hours and the third time I did it I thought I'd try and do it on a treadmill and I got to 80 87 miles in 20 it was i think it was 22 and a half hours so i had like an hour and a half left to go um i got off the treadmill to try and change my trainers and i couldn't get back on uh, <laughs> and it was uh and i just started like shaking on the floor so it still eludes me like all the good like ultra runners keep saying to me oh i'll pace you i'll show you how to do it um i don't know if it's something that i can do but i it's a real personal challenge for me it means nothing yeah. to anyone else but for me i would love to get there one day and do it but what a fantastic thing. And you're saying, oh, I'm not part of the running community, but even the fact that you've done the 80 or the 90 miles puts you in probably you know, top five, 10% in the country of people doing that distance. So regardless of you obviously modestly saying, oh, I've only done this or that, but that's incredible. So you're definitely a runner. Um, and I've seen some of the runs you've done recently. And I mean, you're comparing yourself to the likes of you and Thomas and Susie Chan when you're going out for a run. Not, <laughs> yeah. not really fair. You're not going out your mate down the pub, are you? It's pretty, pretty, pretty depressing when you go. But I think that's the thing. There's the beauty about running is that everyone who runs seems to be all right. There seems to be like everyone's pretty cool, even from these elite people, like some of the people you've mentioned who are who are super at the top end of the spectrum. They're all actually a good laugh and they're nice people. Yeah. Um, and but there's always someone who's better than you, and you're you're always striving to be that next thing and. And the problem is, is when you do something like the National Running Show, you're surrounded by all of these amazing people. So yeah. my perception has completely shifted. And I, I remember <laughs> when I, I remember when I thought I would never ever be able to run a marathon. I just thought it was the biggest thing in the world. And to think that I've done quite a few of those now, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of immensely proud of. But as soon as you do, as soon as you hit whatever your goal is, you always want the next one, or at least <laughs> I do. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm just. I'm never satisfied, but not, not for any other reason than I just, you know, I love it so much. I just want to get better at it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and if it's something you enjoy and you want to challenge yourself, don't you? And I yeah. suppose as you say you're, you're surrounded by so many people that have achieved incredible things. You can't help but be inspired by that either, really. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, the, the talks at the run show are just, yeah. I mean, I remember the first year I did it, I basically just when I was thinking about, right, speaker program and lining up all the, all the people that were going to come, I just looked at all of the people that I thought were cool and I really wanted to hear their story. And my biggest regret yeah. is that I didn't get to hear them all talk um, because there's some amazing people chatting. And then Dean Conazes, who spoke at this year's event, he's my absolute hero. 
he's what got you into running, wasn't he? If I remember, I read correctly, you actually reading and learning about Dean kind of inspired you to do it. Was that correct? To, to get into ultras, yeah. So, yes. I, I mean, I wouldn't say, I don't really know when I got into running. And, and, but I sort of, me and a few mates ended up sort of randomly doing a marathon. Um, and we were all doing it to raise money for charity. And yeah. it just became, you know, I just really enjoyed it. And then I did a few more. And then before I knew it, it was like a hobby. But I read Dean Connors' book uh, called The Ultra Marathon Man. And if I've if you read it, yeah. one running, yeah, if you read one running book, right, isn't that the one to read? It's like, it's yeah. totally awesome. And I just read it and I was just like, wow, these guys, everything that I thought was normal and possible and everything that I thought was out of reach was completely reframed. And actually all the stuff that I thought was over here actually suddenly became, well, maybe I, maybe I could have a go at that. Um, so I just, I just loved it. And then I got the opportunity to meet him at the show this year. And he's just such a legend. It's like a really nice and guy. And he's the nicest bloke, isn't he? Cause I chatted to him for a bit and he's agreed to come on and do one of these as well. Nice. And the legend that he is, he's just the nicest guy as well. It's the same. And, and we haven't, so normally when you run events, there's, there's that one speaker who's the one who's a little bit high maintenance and, you know, requires some special treatment and not had a single person like that in running. They're, they're all just amazing. They're just really nice people. Um, so I don't know what it is, but runners are cool. Um, I might be a little bit biased, but I think runners are cool. <laughs> Look, I mean, we spoke about this when I did the indoor relay with you, and I, we'll come on to that in a minute. But we said the fact that that running community, whether you're brand new to it doing a Caps 5K, a walk run, your park run, or right there through to marathons of the ultras, it is so wonderfully inclusive. Yeah. And I found that um, when I attended the last National Running Show as well, that... It, there were people from all walks of life, but everyone's friendly, talking, engaging, and just always supportive. And it's you can't help but feed off that, can you? Yeah, and I think, it, it, to be honest, that was the, one of the most important things for me when we set up the show, was, is we've got a couple of phrases that we keep repeating. So if you take one step, you're a runner. Um, so yep. we don't ever want the show to feel like it's uh, not a place where people of all abilities, all shapes, all sizes, whatever you look like, however you, you know, whatever yeah. you do with your life, you should have a home there. So that's quite important to us. And the other bit was no matter how far or fast you go. So the content has to be reflective of different distances, different paces and, and really inclusive. And I think that's, I, I think that's one of the most important bits about the show is that it puts everybody in the same room and actually it's not about, oh, we're all, we all do ultras or we all do 5Ks or we all do marathons. It's actually about, um, sorry, my phone's just falling over. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's more about the fact we all love running. Um, and actually, whatever our dis- distance is, we all know about lacing up our trainers and getting outside. Uh, I think what I liked as well is um, that wonderful blend. So you've got everything from there's advice on diet, nutrition, there's a bite on um, shorter runs, the ultras, but you've also you had a, a wonderful mix of those that are really at the top of their game to the elite. But also mm. people have just gone out there and actually, you know, everyday people like you and I have just gone out and achieved incredible things. And I, I defy anyone not to sit and listen to some of those speakers you've had on and not go, right, I want to get out, I want to do something now, whatever, it, I want, want to go out and achieve something. I think so. One of our pillars, so we our pillars for the show is sort of inspiration, kit, tech, nutrition, advice, races, and the inspiration bit is is really difficult because if you're trying to inspire people from all walks of life and all abilities, and uh, yeah, you have to have a real range of content. But yeah. some of the most inspiring stories are from the people that you wouldn't expect. They're not the famous super cool runners. They're the people who've just woken up one day and gone. 
actually, I'm going to do something utterly ridiculous and amazing. <laughs> um, and, and they do. And it's just like, yeah. wow, if, you know, they can go from there to there, what can I do? And I, and I, I love that. I love those stories. I think it's brilliant. So obviously this year, because of COVID, it completely changed what you had to do. So how did you find obviously making the decision to adapt to the digital side? And then what challenges did you face in actually launching it? Yeah, it was pretty, obviously everybody's had a really tough time through COVID. Um, for us, we, you know, we'd just done the running show in January. It was amazing. Such a massive success. We were gearing up for our first London show in June yeah. and then sort of Corona came and we were like, oh, wow, okay, uh, how does that feel about putting a load of people in a room together? It doesn't feel that great right now. So yeah. <laughs> we, the first thing we did is we said, let's not make any rush decisions. Let's all take our time and, and understand what the, the new normal is before we sort of go and do anything crazy. Um, so we did all of that. We tried to keep in touch with everyone. We, like, I did a blog, um, which I think my mum read. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we, we just tried to be really open and communicative and, you know, we wanted to run that show. We were desperate to run that show, but I think it became quite clear quite quickly that actually it would have been dangerous and silly to run that show. Yeah. So, so we didn't. Um, and, uh, so we delayed it a year, um, uh, which was fine. And, and, and actually I, we're really lucky that our exhibitors and sponsors supported us through that because, these these guys don't get as much credit as as, as they deserve because they they pay for the show so yeah I, without them we wouldn't have a show we wouldn't get to hear all these cool stories and actually they paid to be at that london show and, and most of them agreed to sort of just move that money on a year um which enabled us to keep going and it left us enough sort of ability and bandwidth in terms of the team so i didn't have to you know we've got a team now we've got people that I employ, which sounds ridiculous because I can barely dress <laughs> myself. Um, but yeah, so that it meant that we could keep everybody on and we could, you know, we could do some sort of quite positive things. So we then went, well, actually, the running community still needs to meet. And I had a big fear from lockdown that it was going to, there were going to be some unintended consequences. And I think it, it's really important that we all follow the guidelines and we do social distancing. But I didn't, I was worried that social distancing and became social isolation. And okay. there are a lot of people in the running community, friends of mine, people that I know very well, who where running sort of is, is helps them with mental health issues. And yes. and I just really worried about like this amazing, awesome community suddenly stopping overnight. And I was just like, so many cool people were doing cool stuff on the virtual front to try and keep the community together, which is where the relay came from, which is why we thought about the indoor show. Um, and and I'm really glad we did them. I mean, we didn't make uh, the the relay was all for charity, um, and the uh, the digital show it didn't make any money. <laughs> um, but we did it to keep the community going and to give everybody a place to come. And I'm really glad we did because we got such good feedback from all of our sponsors, all of our visitors, and they just liked the fact that we were still around. And I think that's. The, I, I said to everybody, particularly on the indoor relay, I said, look, when we look back at lockdown, do we want to look back at ourselves and say we were the people that just hid? Or do we want to say, actually, we did something positive. We made the best of what we had. And, you know, I'm not in a, I'm not in a position where I can do anything meaningful. Uh, I can't find a cure. I can't, you know, go out and save the world. But I could do something small uh, to raise the money for charity or to help the running community. And so that's what we decided to do. Um, 
that modesty thing again, isn't there? Something a little small. The indoor relay raised £36,820 for the five charities you chose. There's a little over seven grand each. Uh, I think it's now playing a little bit, something small. So proud of that. But that, <laughs> again, that was nothing to do with me. That's, that was a real group effort. So yeah. my, my friend, um, there's a, a good friend of mine called Raoul Monks. He, um, he basically, he was supposed to be running seven marathons in seven states in seven days across America. And he couldn't do it because of COVID. So he rang me up cool. and he said, I'm thinking about doing something on a treadmill. Um, do you mind, like, what, you know, can you help me promote it in some way? And by the end of that call, we had the indoor relay. We were going <laughs> we to keep the baton moving for a month uh, yeah. or until lockdown ended. We didn't actually know when we were, what the deadline was. Sure. And it was going to be a Zoom call and it was going to be easy and we were going to be fine. And we had this sort of big, awesome idea. And uh, put the phone down and said, yeah, well, I'll, I'll make that happen. I had no idea how I was going to make that happen. <laughs> um, and actually, I'll be completely honest with you. Eric, who was um, Eric Keeler, who was doing the tech uh and uh he had no idea how it was going to work even up until the night before when he was on a zoom just reassuring uh, yeah he, he was he was on the zoom helpline at like one o'clock in the morning and th- <laughs> this this is what i love about so i sent a note out before we started and i said right i need some captains to give about four hours a day for the next month for free yeah. just to raise money for charity does anybody want to help and we had like 10 people like came and that was all the original team captains yeah, yeah. um and then with the tech guys donated stuff so darren built us a website for free sharif ran the whole back office and all of the appointment booking systems for free uh, and eric did all of the comms set up for free um and then all the captains just gave their time and i think we nearly broke a few people and i must <laughs> I, I must admit the guys who did the late night shift uh utterly incredible yeah, because i mean there were times when I was getting up at um, four in the morning, doing four hours on the indoor relay, yeah. and then going and trying to run the business. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I was really proud of it, and I think it, it just showed what the running community does when we all get together, and everyone yes. just sort of got involved. It was just really fun, I thought. No, it was it was super. And the, the important thing as well is it not only it gave people a purpose, it was fun, but it raised awareness as well, didn't it? And there were some charities, groups, as you mentioned, people struggle with mental health. As you're both aware that domestic abuse, sadly, has gone up during this time as well. So to actually raise money and awareness for that, I thought was fantastic and really worthwhile cause to to choose. So yeah, how did you I think the five charities you, you went with? Yeah, so I think that that was the piece. So there were there were two things that, that were an issue to us. First, that actually lots of people were stuck at home they didn't feel safe to go out or if they if they were able to because at that point you're only allowed to go out once per day if they were able to go out sometimes they might have to use their daily exercise perhaps to walk a dog um or to um to to take a child out or whatever it may be and that didn't mean that they were able to go and exercise outdoors so we wanted to try and show um different crazy ways that you could take exercise within the boundaries of your house so that's why it was an indoor relay um and the second reason and and the the distressing bit um was that with the cancellation of all these mass participation sporting events literally millions of pounds have been savaged from charities overnight and so some really important charities doing really good work and they budget just like any other business they were sort of forward planning and they were expecting all of this revenue to come in I forget the figure from London Marathon, but it's it's tens of millions that's raised in one weekend for charity. Um, so those are the two sort of guiding principles. And 
then we kind of there was a founding group of us and we all said well actually let's pick charities that mean something to us so we we had uh children with cancer uk who um incredible charity and they do a lot of, and, and childhood cancer is actually quite different from normal cancer so it requires a very specific yeah. form of treatment um and there's an awful stat that every, 12 children are diagnosed with cancer every single day it's just it's just awful um and so we 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 picked them as the first charity then we had women's aid as, as you said about domestic violence it increased significantly during the lockdown period and that just feels like you know, something that we wanted to affect or do something positive about. It was the same with um, the NSPCC. Again, there's some pretty horrific stats around them in the lockdown period. And then Mind, which is a mental health charity. So obviously that's that's quite key to us throughout that period. So those were the reasons why we picked those charities. They were really, they, they were really important to us. They mattered to us at the time. And then it just went mad. So we did the relay <laughs> and we thought it was going to be this kind of relatively sedate um you would have a captain who would sit with like a runner and you'd be on the zoom and the captain would really just be there to um make sure the runner turned up and if the runner didn't turn up they would keep the baton moving didn't really work out like that because everyone showed up this again just tells you how awesome runners are like every (laughs) no one let us down um everyone showed up which was brilliant um but then it meant the captains sort of felt like a bit of a spare part so the captains ended up interviewing the runners um and that became really, really interesting because we started getting some runner stories. And as you know, as a runner, like you love talk, like this is how we met, right? Well, how we got to talk yeah. properly. Um, it, I'm always fascinated by other runner stories. And weirdly, it became like this addictive TV because none of us could go out. So we were all just watching the indoor relay feed, <laughs> these new runners every hour, you get a different story. And it was just really fascinating. And then after a while it just went a bit bonkers and it, it we started doing challenges and it was kind of who could raise the most money in their hour and we had people jumping in swimming pools and tipping baked beans down the pants and all sorts of stuff and it was yeah yeah i ran for four hours i think on a treadmill in a tuxedo and then had to get an ice bath at the end um yeah i mean stuff like that was just it, it, it was just it, it, it escalated really quickly, but it was really organic. It was like none of it yeah. was planned. It was we just all wanted everybody who was part of that wanted to do something good for charity. And I think the guys that deserve the most credit are the people that ran through the night. So, yeah, we we had um, a lot of people who were regular runners throughout the night who and we did a slot with them on the, the second to last hour of the actual indoor relay itself. And And there were some people who were running three, four days in a row for an hour at three o'clock in the morning when three people were watching and there was, and those guys deserve the most credit. Actually, they, they were utterly amazing. So you know who you are if you're watching. Thank you so much. You were awesome. No, it's absolutely fantastic. And it's, I really enjoyed it. I did three in the end. So I did one with you. Um, I did Laura Briggs, uh, her first one. Yeah. And then we basically wound each other or done a similar thing actually in terms of challenge. And our second one we did together, so my third, finished with her pouring sourdough over her head and me pouring a bucket of custard over my head. And then Fiona <laughs> Oaks came on afterwards. And obviously she's an absolute legend and such a lovely lady. But my first meeting in El Hotua was as I'm dripping with custard down my head. 
grey and eighties leotards. I think this is good impressions. This this is this was the juxtaposition of the indoor relay. So we had Joe Pavey, massive shout out to Joe Pavey. She's utterly incredible. She so she came on, she she came on three times, she helped us launch it. I mean Joe is one of the greatest Olympians our country has ever yeah. produced. And she did the last hour in I think she changed into about ten different fancy dress costumes. <laughs> but then she would hand over to someone and it would just be a guy dressed as like in a, in a head to toe gimp suit or whatever it yeah. was and like all sorts of things. So it was just, um, it was, it was, it was all aspects of running. <laughs> but it was but, fun. No, definitely. So I've got to ask then, you've got, um, obviously a couple of running shows coming next year. Um, we've got the first one is 30th, 31st of January, which will be the NEC again. And then the 5th and 6th of June at Farnborough. Yes. So, you started with your, your guests coming on and talking, being the ones you, you wanted to see and hear from. Are you still doing that? Are you still continuing the theme of, actually, I really want to hear this person? Or have you managed to gain some more people that you've either been exposed to by this or others have recommended to you? Yeah, I think uh, this is where we, we rely on our audience to give us suggestions. So we've, we've built um, an ambassador community. Um, uh, and often a lot of our recommendations for speakers come from our ambassadors. We do a lot of post-event research where we ask for feedback we do stuff on social media where we ask for suggestions but it's not hard it, it the hard bit is actually picking which ones you take because there's so many cool stories um yeah so we have a big sort of waiting list of speakers that we want to get and you know you can't get everybody that you want because you know some people are really horrendously expensive <laughs> um and we we can't always afford them sorry my, i'm running out of battery on my phone uh it's, uh, we, we we do our absolute best to get get them all in and i've got there's there's a couple of big names that i really want to get one day um and yeah. hopefully we'll get big enough that we can but i mean we've we've done really well i mean we've had kelly holmes we've had paula ratcliffe we've had steve cram we've had linford christie you know this year we've got johnny peacock we've got sebastian Coe. i mean it's it's pretty big i mean if if you went through a list of the top 10 most successful runners in the UK, uh, I, I think we would probably have a good chunk of them on there. Um, and then you layer over the, the stuff for the ultra community that people, you know, if you're into ultra, you'll know these names, but you go, you say, okay, we've had Dean Karnazes, we've had Laz Lake, you know, we've got Scott Camille, Jura, Heron. Camille Heron, who is yeah. literally the, you know, the greatest female ultra runner I think yes. there's ever been. <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've had Mimi Anderson, we've had, yeah, it's just, I, I feel like I'm not doing it justice by not mentioning every single speaker that we've had, but we've, we've been really lucky. Um, and again, that's the main reason I do this. I do this because I just want to hear from those guys. I'm just gutted that I actually have to work when the show's on, because <laughs> um, I'd much rather just sit and hang out with those guys. I'll be honest, one of the big reasons for me starting these interviews, there was two. There was one in terms of people doing charitable endeavours. I wanted to raise their awareness and support charities that they liked or I felt passionate about. Then the second one was people that had incredible stories, and that's where you come in just to be able to share that. So I'm very fortunate that there's probably about nine different people that have been on your show from the National Running Show that have agreed to come and do this with me, purely because I listened to them talk and went, you're awesome, more people need to hear from you. So I, I very much used the time I visited them wandering around in my lovely pinkness to then <laughs> say to them, come and talk some more so people can hear your stories because it's, it's fantastic and it's inspiring. You can't help but, as I say, be motivated and inspired. 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's not, it's very rare I chat to a runner and they don't inspire me in some way. Because um, I think everyone, everyone's running for their own goal, whatever it may be. And, and most people have got a pretty good story of how they've hit some kind of adversity and they've, they've carried on through it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we all know what that feels like. And it doesn't matter if that is trying to get to a four minute mile or a 20 minute mile. It's, um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. It's still the same personal battle that you've gone through. And I, I just find that really, I, I personally find it really motivating. No, oh, you can't help it, can you? I, I've just seen Chris has joined us from Brick Runners, and um, one of the people about some questions. Chris suggested I ask whether the raccoon costume is going to be making an appearance for any other events. <laughs> uh, I've still got it. Um, so, so, for the background, when we so we, we called the company Raccoon Events when I set it up, which was uh, it, it's a throwback to my wife and I when we first came up with the idea, which was years and years ago when I was on a we were on a honeymoon actually and we were on a beach and there were raccoons coming into the beach and we thought they were really funny so there's no real <laughs> great story that's just where it came from uh and basically when i set the company up it, i thought wouldn't it be a great way to promote the national running show if i ran a load of races in a raccoon costume because <laughs> everyone's going to know what that means yeah and obviously no one cared and no one had a clue but i ran i think i ran about half a dozen half marathons and one marathon in a full raccoon costume and i'm six foot yep. four and i think the raccoon costume is designed for someone who's about five foot eight um and the worst bit is the head because it's like it's got yep. no like it's it's a fully covered head so if you're yep. ever running in fancy dress always pick an outfit with like an open face so you can actually breathe <laughs> but because it was like a, a weird shape as well you kind of have the choice of you either pull it down so you can see through the eye bits but then you yeah. can't breathe because the nose is in your mouth or you lift it up so you can breathe, but then you can't see where you're going. And um, I did a, um, I did a trail half marathon in it, um, uh, near, near where I live in Surrey. And, uh, I was trying to get some pace on cause I was second last in the race and I didn't want to finish last because right. uh, it was like a serious trail. I, I didn't realize quite how serious it was. It was a really small okay. event, but they're all like proper runners. And I turned up dressed as a raccoon and everyone thought I was mental. Uh, <laughs> But I was trying to put some pace on and I ran so hard into a tree branch because I couldn't see it because I was opting <laughs> I was opting for like the breathing mode. Yeah. And, and I ran into this branch so hard that I literally knocked myself off my feet and I was just like lay on the floor in this sweaty raccoon outfit, like struggling to breathe. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is not a real job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for a while, my daughter thought I was actually some kind of football mascot. OK, because because I was just that was cooler than your actual job then. I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> she's still not quite sure. She did come to the running show actually this this year okay. for the first time, and it was I think it's quite quite overwhelming for her because it was it's quite a big old experience. But no, I think it, at least she understands vaguely what it is that I do now. And with the experience you've had in terms of meeting some of these runners, you must get opportunities to be part of some pretty incredible events as well. So, what's on your running bucket list then? Beyond obviously a hundred miles in twenty four hours, what else have you got that you want to try and do? <laughs> So, I'm, I'm Susie Chan's a good friend of mine, and she, you know, we've become really good friends through the show, and we we run a lot. And the problem is when you hang out with someone like Susie, who is a badass, really yes. good, epic ultra runner. Again, it shifts your frame of reference. Now she's run the marathon de Saab four times. Yeah, yep. And uh, and she she sort of talks about it as if it's like this, just you know, oh, anyone could do it, as if it's you know, like a park run. Um, yeah. 
and, and I suspect it's not that easy, but uh, she's sort of erroneously, because she's talked about it so much, I've kind of, it's kind of kind something that I want to do. Okay. So I've sort of signed up for that next year. Um, oh, wonderful. And uh, I'm terrified because... Yeah, and rightly so. It's a long way and I'm not very good in the heat. Um, right. And... Yeah, I'd, I've never done, like, a race where you carry all your own stuff. I've never run a desert race. I've, I've, I've done seven marathons in seven days once a long, long time ago, but I've not done any of these sort of multi-dayers for, for a very long time. So I'm terrified of it, but I kind of think that's cool. I, like, I just want to go and, like, I want to have a bash. I want to do my very best, and I want to yeah. see, if, see if I can do it. And if I can... If I can finish, I will be really proud. And if 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 I give up and I don't give it my best, I'll be desperately disappointed. But as long as I do whatever I can and I get as far around as I can, I think I'll, I'll be really pleased with myself. But I'm going to finish it. I'm definitely going to finish it. <laughs> it's uh, if I have to crawl. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good. No, I've absolutely no doubt from what you demonstrate in terms of your mental strength and resilience that you will. Because I've seen some of the photos you've had, you post in previous times, swollen knees, cankles and other bits, and then the, the seriousness of the, the, the toe saga. I mean, obviously, the broken toe. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if I'll ever recover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do seem to get injured a lot. Um, and, I, you know, I don't, I don't train very well. Um, I don't do all of the things that you're supposed to do. Um, and I'm my own worst enemy. And I know what I should do. And I'm really good at giving other people advice. Yes. And I'm really bad at following it. Yep. <laughs> it's, I just, I, I've always had this thing with running. I, I went through a really weird phase in, in my running sort of about 10 years ago where I was going out really early. I was bashing out half marathons before work. And I was taking it, I was getting really competitive with myself against splits and times and all that stuff. And I, just, I thought, actually, this, this is supposed to be fun and it's not becoming fun anymore. And now I've sort of have a really different approach. So I, I, at that point, I got rid of my watch for a year. I said, don't yep. focus on time. So just go out and run for fun, enjoy it. Um, and and, I've, and I've, I've much preferred to keep it that way. So I, I have a watch back now because I love stats and we're, I'm a geek. <laughs> um, but I, I just think now it's like, I don't want to get too regimented. I don't want to get into too much of a, I have to do this because the bits that I don't enjoy, I don't do because let's be honest, I'm not going to break any world records. So I'd much rather just do the stuff that I think is fun. Um, I am aware that there's, there's probably some people who know what they're talking about. Who are sat there going, that's why you always get injured. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I just like to enjoy it. I love running and I just, I, I want to keep, keep that sort of love of it. No, it makes sense. And I know what you mean about Susie as well, because I was talk, talking to her recently about and asked some advice because I had, before COVID, cancelled them, events. I had a couple of ultras band. I hadn't done one before. And she said, nice. no, they absolutely fine. 24-hour event, just um, eat lots. So I'm sure it's not quite that simple. There's probably more to it. But she's just because she's done so much, she just seems so relaxed about the whole thing. I think she's she's one of those people who really downplays their own ability. But as, yeah. as, as they all do, I, 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 it's a really humble sort of community like particularly ultra runners they 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 always talk themselves down about how they, they say how rubbish they are and they're they're yeah. all doing these incredible things so yeah you've got to be really careful who you hang out with um because they <laughs> you know they make you do all these crazy things but ultra running is is now becoming um 
in, in many ways more accessible than, than sort of some marathon running. Uh, I met a lady at the run show who said to me that she felt that running a, a 50k ultra was easier than running a sub four marathon. And in many ways, I agree with that because yeah, well, because you you can take your time. There's there's less pressure on pace. Um, you know, the, the guys at the front of the pack would argue different, um, but I'm nowhere near those guys. So as far as I'm concerned, it's really accessible. Well, it's just, you say you're not going to break any records, but I think if you were to investigate how many people run an ultra in a raccoon outfit, you may well find fastest <laughs> raccoons run an ultra. Could be a niche market you got there. I definitely have the record for the five mile loops around my house. Uh, consecutive because right. yeah. the the hundred miler that i did do was was done in a five mile loop of my house i did it 20 <laughs> times um i've definitely got the record on that one so were you presented with anything or do we need to make you some sort of raccoon certificate that you can proudly display i was presented with the look of utter disappointment from my wife who was just like you're an idiot why are you doing this <laughs> it's just like not impressed at all just like oh just just leave me alone <laughs> So before um, you sort of share a little bit about how people can find out more about you and indeed what you're doing with the Marathon Sabres, I've got, um, I'm talking to Sally Bryder tomorrow, obviously ah. she's still with cancer. So what I'd like to do is if you can tell a bit about um, how your partnership came about with the National Running Show supporting children with cancer, for those that aren't aware of it. Yeah, so uh, we got to know them through Susie, actually. So uh, <laughs> I was, I was, Doing, I was running with Susie and she said, some weird guy has just messaged me through Strava. He says he's involved with this charity. Yes. Um, <laughs> and she's like, what, what do you reckon? I was like, I don't know. It's, uh, I had no advice whatsoever. And then it turned out this weird guy was actually the CEO of Children with Cancer yeah. and was actually one of the nicest humans you could ever meet. Um, and so Susie became really good friends with them. We, they came to us because they had some places at the New York Marathon that they needed yeah. filling. So we... we got our ambassadors to sort of get behind it and support it so in the autumn of last year a group of us went over to new york and ran the marathon which is like a bucket list moment for me like utterly brilliant um loved every minute of it crazy crazy atmosphere um and we've just become really good friends with them ever since they are an amazing charity that does incredible work and i don't think anyone can question sort of children with cancer it's it, it does what it says on the tin it's it's yeah. a specialist treatment for children which is not available via other sort of um cancer treatments and i don't see how you could not want to support that charity um and we we'd always thought about having a, a sort of a headline partner for the running show and we were like well we can't make it a brand because we try and be brand agnostic we don't want to you know if, if you recommend one brand over another well that's that's probably slightly unethical because i don't believe that any single running brand is better than any other i think actually it's what's the best brand for you um and you need to try them all to work out which one suits you best and you shouldn't just pick something because uh, there's a logo on a wall or someone's told you on social media you actually need to try it and see if it works um so we couldn't do that and then we were kind of going well we could go for a bank or a or a car or something like that. It just didn't feel right. It didn't, no. you know, we wanted to be doing something positive and community led. And, and when we met the guys at children with cancer, we just, we love Mark and Sally. They're like, they're like, well, they are friends now. They've become sort of part of our team in a way. And, you know, we love those guys. So yeah, it's, it's just a natural fit. And I, I, I really wouldn't want to partner with anybody else. 
No, that's fantastic. I, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow, actually. I, um, I got introduced to Sally by Susie Shaw, because obviously her son and Sally's daughter are dating randomly. Yeah. And when I'd interviewed Susie, she said, who would you recommend? And she said, unequivocally, Sally. And yeah. I called her a few weeks back before Matilda was born. And we must have spoke for about an hour, hour and a half about everything from, obviously, her journey through menopause, clearly, as that's an important subject at the moment. And then the work she's doing as well with children with cancer. And I thought, you've got to come on and share that story as well. She's so lovely. They're, and, and get Mark on as well, her husband, Mark, who's the CEO of children with cancer. They yeah. are, the, the pair of them, they're just you kind of want to find out what they do wrong because they're so nice. <laughs> like, it's, uh, they're, just, they're just good eggs. And, yeah, we like them a lot. Yeah, well, if anyone wants to follow your journey now and um, follow your clear success and watch you <laughs> in preparation, how do they find more about you um, as an individual? Because, obviously, we'll see, and you've got the links to the National Running Show, but how do they find more about you, Mike, and the, the journey you're on? And I don't know. I don't think people care that much about me, but if you want to follow me, I am on Instagram. Uh, I'm Mike Seaman 2709 but the show is, is, is the bit that we all care about. Um, if you want to message, I'd like, I, I, I am a runner and, and I have, you know, I've, I love this show, but I'm very aware that I'm one runner and I want to make sure that the show resonates for everyone. So if you ever, if you ever have an idea that you think that we should look into or a speaker that you think we should have, or if there's something you think we do wrong, um, just my contact details are on the website. My phone number and my email address are on the contact us bit, but it's mike at com. Please contact me because I'm desperate for feedback. I don't just want to, I don't want people telling me all of the stuff that we do right. I want you telling me the stuff that we should do better or we can improve on because like, I genuinely just want it to be the coolest show and I want it to get better every year. But that's a really interesting approach, actually, because normally people like that positive feedback, don't they? And I expect you're not shy of that. So it's interesting that you are after the, uh, I suppose, not, not quite the criticism, but the uh, someone to be a critical friend and provide areas that you can develop or improve. And I think if I understand it, that um, one of the areas that on the back of the last one that you're going to improve was increase the size of the ultra running area because yeah. that was really compact and overcrowded. And if you're not six foot four like I'm well shy of, um, it was a bit of a struggle at times to see what was going on when it went to that section. Oh, we messed up massively on that one. And and it, it's funny, isn't it? It's like, so often i think brands feel that they have to and i suppose we are a brand now um they feel like they have to know the answer to everything and they can't admit defeat or failure uh, we we launched an ultra zone um with the guys at bad boy running who were amazing and helped us yeah. generate awesome speakers um and it was a risk actually because no one had ever done anything like that before it, it wasn't popular in our post-event research but i just felt there was an opportunity in ultra running i could see it exploding uh, and I really wanted to do it because um, mainly because I love ultra running. I think they're all cool. Um, so we thought we'd have a go. Um, what people don't know is, is as we started to see the quality of the speakers, we, we actually increased the size of that stage three times. So that was actually a lot bigger than we'd originally planned yeah. it. And I think this, the stage could seat about 50, 60 people, which we thought yeah. with some standing room, you'd probably get 100, 120 people sat around it at any one time. Uh, it didn't work like that. There were about five, 600 people. Yeah. Uh, like, literally, <laughs> it was like a fire risk. And hands up, we messed up. We under-egged the opportunity. We, and, and, I, and I think that's okay. And I always do a talk at the end of the show and always say what's coming for the following year because I think yes. that's really important yeah. to show you guys that we've got a vision we're not just we're not staying still and actually it was really clear to me that we had to get up there and say actually sorry guys we messed up on the ultra zone we're gonna make it three times the size next year 
and there's going to be room at the ultrasound next year. Don't worry about that. Um, and I think that's okay. I, I, I don't think, you, you know, I think people forgive you for that, if you're honest. I think if you try and flannel it or if you try and sort of give a political answer and say, well, it, it felt like it was too busy, but actually it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was just the right level of busy. And it, yeah, was just the, it was actually your fault for not being the correct height. Uh, yes. I, I think people just see straight through that. And so, yeah, I, I'm pretty up for that. And I genuinely do want negative feedback all the time because I, I just want to get better. Um, and I am relentlessly competitive in, in most of the things that I do not with other people, but with myself. Like, so with the running, I always want to go faster. I always want to go further. I always want to do the next thing or whatever the next goal is. And with the show, I'm, I'm never happy with it. So I was 80% happy with the show this year. Um, okay. there are a lot of things that I wanted to do differently. Um, and you know we're we're going to keep doing it, and I don't think I will ever be any more than ninety percent happy with it. And I imagine that makes me an absolute nightmare to work with, and I feel really sorry <laughs> with the guys around me. But I'm lucky enough to work with a group of mates and who've had to put up with me for all this time. So they, you know, they they're well beaten, so they just they just stick with me. I don't know why. <laughs> I can definitely say as well from my experience with it, and even conversations I have with a lot of runners during and after that. I think you definitely got a good balance because the other bit that I wasn't expecting but was delighted by was the areas you covered with mental health. So um, you like to Jordan Wiley talk about some of his experiences, Jess from Run Talk Run. I mean, she was one of the most moving speakers you've had yet and I've been lucky enough to talk a bit more with her. And it's just, I think it's important as well, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not just physically going out and lacing up your shoes, it's all the other parts of it, the, the why I run, the motivation behind it. And as you say, it appeals to the whole breadth of the running community then, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think this is this is uh, we. It's a duty of care, really. If 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 you want to have a show about running, you have to talk about the why as well as the how and the what. Um, and, and I think the why is really really important, particularly around issues such as mental health. And there's there's a lot of stigma around mental health. It's um, and I think if you talk about it openly and you put it on the stage front and center and you make it a topic that's able to be discussed in front of a crowd of hundreds of people then you you allow people the ability to engage with it openly and actually recognize and discuss it so for me it's it's crucial that we have that there i think that's that's our our responsibility is to have that on the stage it's not really a choice it just has to be there no that's fantastic well mike genuinely thank you for third time lucky but <laughs> be able to join me on this um, I, I really really enjoyed it and i guarantee there'll be lots of people that have either learned something from it or are really interested to see where what's going on with the next show and now i know about the marathon solar thing i'm going to be really interested in watching your training progression towards it because <laughs> it's, it's just... now official now you've said no well i mean i don't know how it's going to go but i'm going to have a very good go at it and i can promise i will try uh that, that's that's as much as i can say um but mate no it's been a pleasure um yeah i've really enjoyed like chatting and it was it was obviously i love chatting on the relay as well um so yeah we have to get a run in um when Definitely. when obviously the toe gate is over and i can actually you know gosh goodness knows how long that's going to be but it's serious stuff yeah but no, it's an absolute pleasure and um take right, care and we'll speak soon bye -bye. take care buddy cheers bye 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 And that concludes another interview for the day. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And as ever, if you have any feedback, send it through to me at my Instagram handle at fighting underscore the underscore dadbod. Enjoy the rest of your day.